Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 22. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I am extremely excited to introduce my guest today, Harold Cleworth. Harold, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? I'm ready. I'm ready to rock and roll. Bring it on. All right. I love that. Called the painter laureate of the car, Harold Cleworth's original paintings grace the homes, garages, and office of car collectors and celebrities alike. Of English descent, Harold grew up drawing and painting the heavy machinery in industrial neighborhoods of England. Because of his impressive work, he was accepted to the famous Manchester College of Art. He worked for Decca Records, and his artwork has graced the album covers of The Rolling Stones, The Who, and many others. When a San Francisco car dealer by the name of Richard Rubin commissioned Howard to paint a Mercedes Gullwing, his automotive art career blossomed. Commissions from manufacturers Ford, Chevrolet, and many others soon followed, along with private collectors requesting Cleworth's paintings of their prized automobiles. His ability to capture the essence and spirit of an automobile is unmatched, and I know you're going to find his story very interesting. So, Harold, I've told our listeners a little about you, so please take a moment and share some more about your history, your career, your artwork, of course, and your passion for automobiles. Uh, My passion... And my inspiration does come from my upbringing from the north of England. It was industrial. It was steam trains. It was cotton mills, coal mines. Um, My father drove a bus for 50 years. And I think he was the one who actually unwittingly introduced me to the aesthetics of machinery. He would show me how an engine worked. He would open the hood of his bus and say, this drives that. This is how it works. This is a piston engine. So it actually, and I think probably he was assuming that I was going to grow up being a, a mechanic or something. And in the meantime, I was drawing and painting. So uh, many years later, I think, uh, when, I, when I actually sat down and began to paint professionally for a living, which is when I was 35, I think, my subject matter came into light. My muse appeared, the classic automobile. And it comes right from my upbringing. Wow. You know what's very interesting about that is so many artists, the masters especially, would study human anatomy and not only the skin of a person, but the muscles and the skeletal structure. Well, you did that in a very similar way with absolutely yes. learning automobiles, what's underneath the skin, and what makes yep. them operate and so forth. So have you always been someone who's been interested in automobiles? Um, yes, I have. Um, I remember hitchhiking down to London from Manchester um, in the 50s and going to the Earl's Court Motor Show and coming back with gobs and bags full of uh, brochures that you can get then. Uh, every car company handed up brochures. So I would come back all this stuff and my father and I would look through them and say, I said, this is the new Jaguar, this is the new Rolls. And, um, yes, I have. It's always been there. And you know, my hometown, which was called Lee in Lancashire, no, not, very few people had a car. A car was something that maybe a, a doctor or a lawyer it was all public transportation. Everybody traveled on in buses. So I would sit on the corner of my street waiting for a car to come by. So I'd see it, see it. And I guess what it was. 
there were occasionally a car would drive by. It wasn't like there was a whole stream of them like there is now. There was one every half hour, maybe. So it excited me to see them. Wow. Well, what's really interesting about that is so many people I interview, maybe they grew up in the United States where cars were much more prevalent and they saw them all the time. And for you to not see many cars, but that becoming a major subject matter as an artist. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, your passion. Well, you've painted cars for many, many famous people. Can you share any stories about some of the automobiles you painted for some of the folks that celebrities are like that people would know and maybe some interesting stories around those? I can come up with one, actually, uh, which springs to mind. When I lived in San Francisco, which is where I started my career as a painter in 75, I think, I got a little notoriety from some magazines. I think one of the Old Cars Weekly, I think, did a little story on me. And a gentleman who lived in the Bay Area had just made an absolute fortune um, uh, with, with some product that he uh, had invented. And it went ahead and bought all these amazing cars. Amongst them was the Bugatti Atlantique, of which there are only two made. So he saw the story in, in Old Cars and called me and commissioned to do four paintings of these supercharged cars that he just acquired virtually overnight. And uh, I, I fell in love with the Bugatti, which incidentally, the Bugatti Atalanti now, I believe, changed hands for something like $40 million not too long ago. He, in fact, sold it to uh, Ralph Lauren. Oh. But he, he said, where do you want to take the car? So I sat in this car, and we drove across Golden Gate Bridge to Marin County, to the Marin Civic Center, because it was a Frank Lloyd Wright building. And it was a very uncomfortable ride. You know, you couldn't open the window very much, and the seats were like deck chairs. So it was, and I, little did I know what I was sitting here at the time, a Bugatti, the Bugatti Atalanti. Wow. And when I got home, I said, that was a very interesting ride, not knowing that many, many years later, it will become my all-time favorite serious classic car. And I painted it maybe three or four times now. I never tire of looking at the Bugatti Atalanti. Well, all of the Bugatti cars, but that one especially is genuinely a, a work of art, a, a work of jewelry-like art. It's uh, oh, it is. You know, I also I also suffer from bad taste as well, which I'm, I'm very <laughs> proud of. You know, I like a bit of bad taste now and then. And my other favorite car will be the '59 Cadillac. Um, I'm a great lover of the American car. Um, that was what inspired me to start painting. In fact, the very first one was the 59 Carrick. I went to the Earl's Court Motor Show in 59, as I explained earlier, and there, amongst the uh, good taste of the British cars, the Rolls and the Bentleys, the Jags, etc., was the bad taste of the Americans, the 59 Cadillac Eldorado Beeritz convertible, and it's all silver. I mean, I think most of the English people were appalled at this, at this monster. I kind of fell in love with it secretly. And many years later, when I moved here to America in 72, I saw it again on the streets, but it was pink this time. So I said, oh, that was that car I saw in London in 1959. I photographed it, published it as a, a series of uh, prints, and it established me locally. That is what gave me a local name, my pink fin. I just painted the back end of it, I just one fin. Nobody knew my name. I said, you know, the guy who did that pink fin thing. Oh, him, yeah. yeah. And later on, the Goldwing Mercedes was the one who gave me national recognition. But uh, my career is definitely uh, attributed to um, the Pink Fin or the beginning of that. The Pink Fin Beer Ritz, isn't that interesting? It was. <laughs> I know, and it was a, a nice piece of graphic art. 
I think I did 950 prints of it. And that's all I had for sale in my gallery in Ch on H Street in San Francisco. People will come in and go, what do you got? I said, well, I've got this one inch and I've got 950 prints of it. And it would slowly start selling and selling and eventually uh, establish me. Well, what a wonderful story. That is really, really interesting. Thank you for sharing that. Harold, I'd like to, to continue on our journey with you here with uh, a success quote, a saying that has been instrumental in forming your success. It's a great way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars, yeah? So, Harold, take the wheel. Uh, yeah, I've got a quote for you. This is why I always tell people when the uh, people come over and they say, well, what, you know, you do what you love. How do you manage? I say, well, that is the key. I'm doing what I love. I know not everyone gets the opportunity to do that, but I have. I'm one of those lucky guys who wakes up in the morning and walks across to my in my garden, to my studio, and paints all day. And I love it, and I've been doing it 35 years. I never tire of it. I never tire of my subject matter. That is a key, I think, to a success. What it will do is bring you contentment in your life. And it's not about money. It's not about stuff. And I've worked for people who have maybe two to three hundred. I have a client here who has literally about 200 cars, all of which are in immaculate condition. He's an extremely wealthy man. And he's a very nice man. He's a good man. He's not, he's obsessive, needless to say. But he still, he asked me once, he said, you seem to be very happy, Harold. How, you know, oh, you live near the beach? I said, yeah, that's something to do with it. But I do what I love. And I've reached a level of contentment. I said, how about you? He said, I'm still working on that. And I thought, good Lord, you have all this stuff and you still, not, you still haven't found that in you yet? So um, that to me is a quote from what I always do what you love. Yes, that is such a great quote. And you really answered my next question is how do you incorporate that into your life? And you have found the secret to eternal youth, if you will. Yeah, I have. To do what you enjoy and you love. Yeah, it's, a, it's not a thing that we achieve, and I realize that, and it's not. I was blessed with a gift, and, um, and it's not been easy. It's been a roller coaster ride, and, but I never for once, one second, said, uh, well, if it doesn't work out, I'll have to go to get If it had not worked out, I would have starved to death, probably, because <laughs> there was nothing but then. I don't know what else to do. I paint. That's it. I was born to paint. Yes, you were born to paint. Yeah. Can you tell us, Harold, a story that really instigated your passion for cars? Tell us about that pivotal moment in your life when you really understood and knew that you were a car guy. Growing up, in, again, going back to the north of England, it never occurred to me that the, that the car would be a subject matter for painting. It, I don't know why. It just I, I loved them, but it was separate from my abilities as, a, as an illustrator, as an artist. Uh, what I painted then was the, the local landscapes, uh, the coal mines and the cotton mills. It was only when I came to America, it was moving here to the States, that pointed out the 50s American car in particular, um, all of them. I used to, I'd be walking down the street and suddenly this monstrous car would drive by and I would jump in front of it and say, what the hell is that? <laughs> oh, it's a, it's blah, it's, it's a, it's like four, and I, actually I ended up having a, um, 58 Chrysler Imperial Crown Southampton, my first car here. Hmm. Um, and it's, they were delightful. They had a sense of humor that I hadn't seen before in an automobile. Um, it was just that period of car that inspired me and gave me my news. 
Wonderful. What a great story. I love the way you tell that story, too. That was really nice. Thanks. So, Harold, what I want to do now is is to take a look at your roads you've driven down, the journeys, and crawl under the hood and maybe get our hands a little dirty. Would you share with us a huge challenge, maybe even a failure in your life, that really pushed you to a breaking point? But more importantly, <laughs> share with us how you overcame that situation. Okay. Um about three years ago, I was commissioned by uh, uh, to do to produce a poster for the Pebble Beach Concord Elegance. I'm sure you're familiar with that. Oh yes, it is the number one classic car judged classic car show in the world. So for me to be uh, asked to do a poster for that show was indeed a great honor. However, I I remember calling them and saying, "Okay, what kind of car uh, I'm putting in here?" And they told me it was a, it was an old Alfa Romeo. I said, "Well, I need reference to it." Um, can you send me pictures of it? He said, well, unfortunately, the car is presently in boxes in England, and it's being put together for uh, the Pebble Beach show. There was no reference to that car, Ooh. except for... Uh, so he said, well, we'll see what we can do. They send, send me photographs of each part of the hood, of the wing, of the wheel, mm-hmm. and I had to build it myself, for God's sake. I mean, it's, what, how can I... Show this car. Are you kidding me? They sent yes. you parts? They sent me a color swatch, a little bit of metal. So this is the color, and this is what the hood looks like. This is what the bonnet looks like. This is the steering wheel. So I literally had to build, visually build the car myself. I found references to cars that were similar. There were a few cars that have this been modern made, but they were all different. They were all slightly different. So this was a hell of a challenge, and it was very frustrating. I'm, uh, when I finished uh, the angle of the painting, the people at Pebble Beach said, well, that's fine, but do you think you can just turn the car a little bit more to the right? I said, what? I've just, <laughs> <I> just finished <laughs> painting. I'm about to paint the whole thing again. I said, no, I can't get in the car and turn the steering wheel, for God's sake. I have to redo the whole painting, which I ended up doing and talk about frustration. I was dealing with a committee of people who, oh, you know what committees are like? They always oh, work on a Tuesday. yes. Oh, Lord. You know, what, what's the great expression then? What is a, a camel? Ah, uh, yes. It's a, it, it's, a, it's a horse designed by a committee, you know. <laughs> <laughs> that, oh. that, so it was all like throwing in this, oh, no, you've got to do this. So that was, I almost gave up. I, was, uh, I said, I, I don't know where I'm getting this right. Why if I screw up? The car is going to be there at Pebble Beach. What if I don't get it right? So three months uh, it took me to actually get it what so I thought it was right. And uh, so I, I eventually saw the car for the first time at Pebble Beach. This is after I painted it, and after it was published the poster. And guess what? I got it right. Of course you did. I have no idea how that happened, but I did. Well, what a wonderful story. Thank you for sharing that. That is I remember that I've I've been to Pebble Beach for the last twenty three years in, in a row. And I remember that poster because I love that car, but I had no idea. And I'll bet a lot of our listeners had no idea the story behind that poster. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Oh gosh. I cannot even imagine. <laughs> well, Harold, let's shift gears here and go to the other end of the spectrum. And if you would share a story with us where you had a real aha moment in your career as a painter of cars, that time when you realized that the idea or concept that you could really make a living painting cars 
really flashed in your mind and said, wow, I can really do this and be a success? Even to this day, I'm known for one image more than any other image that I've ever done. And that is the black 1955 Gullwing Mercedes. It was some man who drove by um, into my gallery in San Francisco and brought this car by. And that car at the time wasn't really worth a lot of money. You could probably buy one for about five or $6,000. I painted it and published it, and the image went viral. That was my aha moment. And that was maybe the fourth car that I painted. But that one just took off. It was in movies. It was every time I turned a corner and there was a gallery there, there it was in the window. It was everywhere. It was that moment or that time that I said, okay, A, I found my muse, and B, I know, no, I, I, it's, it's been there all my life, for God's sake. Why am I just waking up to the fact? Now I know what I'm going to be painting for the rest of my life. So it was the, it was the double angle that did it. Do you think it was because of the car, or do, was it because of the way you, you displayed it? I think it was the way that I painted it, because I painted it on a white background. It was, look, you were looking it right in the eyes with the doors open, up, up in the air. And it was a very powerful graphic image that didn't just sell to people who had one of those cars or, or were interested. It worked with your contemporary decor. It was, you could buy it in furniture stores. You could buy it in, in uh, frame shops. It, just, it, it was across the board. It wasn't just for the automotive world. It was for the uh, decorator world as well. Right. So it had many, uh, and it was a, a strong image. It was looking right back at you. I always feel if, if, if you look at a car in the eyes, it will look back at you, you know, this one. Uh, this did it. Well, an iconic piece of artwork of an iconic car by an iconic man. I think you hit all three marks there, so spectacular. Can you tell us, Harold, in fact, let's have a little fun here. Can you tell us what your first car was, and more importantly, what kind of fun things did you do with that car? Maybe adventures, memories, trips? The first car I owned was a um, Sunbeam Alpine in London. Sunbeam Alpine, yes. And I was thrilled. It was my first car, and I could not wait to drive from London to Manchester to show my parents, my father especially, this car. And it happened to be, a, it was one of those cars that you, you took the top off. It was a hard top convertible. So but when you took it off, you had to leave it behind. So I thought, okay, I'm going to drive up the M1 to my hometown. It's about a two and a half hour drive to show my father. I was so proud of this car. And uh, halfway there, of course, the weather turned ugly and it started to rain like you wouldn't believe that I'm in this convertible car. When I finally got home, I was saturated. I opened the door, and a big flood of water came out of the car. It was all filled up. <laughs> it almost ruined the car. So I'm, that was my first memory of my first car. Wow. My father just laughed. He said, what happened? I said, he said, you didn't come to the top. I said, yeah, but I left you behind. I wanted, I wanted to drive a convertible, you know. <laughs> <laughs> he, prob- he probably rolled his eyes. Oh, <laughs> Lord, Harold. What were you thinking? Oh, how fun. How fun. <laughs> I, I should know. <laughs> I should be aware. I had a convertible up here in the Northwest, and it rains a lot here like it does in England. Oh, yeah, it does. And I yeah. got caught one time away from home. The car had no top on it, and uh, by the time I got home, I always tell people, even my socks and underwear were soaked. <laughs> oh, mine too. How <laughs> sick it is. <laughs> oh, that's a great story. My first American car was... was 
if I could find another one, I would buy, which is the one I mentioned earlier, the 58 Imperial Crown Southampton. I absolutely love that. My first big American car. You know, in England, I had a Mini, for God's sake. You had to get on your hands and knees to get in that car. It was so tiny. <laughs> uh, but So I was looking forward to, uh, when I got to America, having the biggest car I could get in. I wanted to drive a living room around the place, yeah. And I found it in the Imperial, and it was marvelous. Power, everything, turquoise, fins sticking out the back. It was a masterpiece. I miss that car so much. Well, I hope you have one again someday. Oh, I'll find one, yeah. Is there a car in your past that you sold that you really wish you had back, and maybe it's that car you just talked about? That was exactly the one, yes. I, I, it was the time when, you know... Uh, you end up putting a lot, of, a lot of money into the restoration of those cars, far more than what they're worth, you know, especially at the time. Um, so I just had to, and it takes space, it takes time, it takes a lot of effort. And, uh, although I did enjoy looking for parts, looking for hubcaps, looking for whatever I needed. And I could work on the engine myself because it was a simple engine. And I also built the uh, lining in, in the interior on the roof. I made a new one of those. So I, one gets emotionally attached to a car when you can work on yourself, when you can do things to it, when you can add your own touch, when you can um, have it painted. You, you know, the, the bond between you and that car becomes very strong. Now, if anything goes wrong with my car, I drive a Dodge Magnum now. I just take it in and get it fixed. Yep. So, and I love it, but the that bond is not there like it was with the Imperial, you know? Yes, I understand completely. You know? Yeah. yeah. Is there a project you're working on right now, Harold, that really has you excited and fired up? Um, actually, I usually have about three paintings going at once. I have a client in uh, in Switzerland who buys my work, and he usually and he leaves me alone to do what I want, which is the best client you could ever wish. He's not he doesn't say, "I have this car, would you do a painting of it?" Um, I've done that many times. He would just say, "Whatever you paint, I'll buy it." And I have yes. That's my kind of client. Oh, yes. Now, it's under the umbrella. I also paint uh, World War II um, uh, airplanes, uh, steam trains, because I went to school on a steam train in the north of England. So I occasionally switch around. I do landscapes, cityscapes. I live in Venice, California, mm-hmm. the most eclectic, most inspirational town you could ever imagine. Just walking around the streets, I will see things. I will see some graffiti on wall that I will use as a background for a, a car, yeah. So uh, my client just allows me the freedom to do what I want, which is just remarkable. Um, so I'm excited, in answer to the question, about all the ones that I'm doing right now. I'm doing a painting of 350s American car uh, on the beach here in Venice. Uh, I'm also just one with combining an old World War II airplane with an old Rolls-Royce parked underneath it, which I saw at the Santa Monica Airport recently. So it's, um, I'm excited about everything I do. Oh. I never, I'm amazed at the fact that I never tire of a subject matter. I'm putting a book together, finally, my work, which is the most exciting thing in the world for me right now. In August, there will be a book of 35 years' worth of work, which I cannot wait to see. Oh, it's, goodness. Uh, Where will we be able to find that book? That's a good question. I'm not really sure at the moment. It's called The book is called Cleaworth, An Artful Life. So it's... Um, it's it, it, it will... Uh, it's being published by a company here locally in Cold City, and they will be handling the distri- distribution. So I'm not quite sure exactly where it will be to begin with. I will have a copy, however, at Pebble Beach. Oh, good. And after that, yeah. 
So after that, um, it's, I'm going to have like some book signings for the Peterson Museum here and a couple of other places. So as to where it will be distributed as yet, I'm not sure. Okay. Well, when you find out, you can let me know, and I will post. I will post that on the CarsYad.com website on your show notes oh, page. Great. Yes, so people can uh, make sure they can get a copy of that. I look forward to oh, that. Oh, that would be really nice. Thank you. That's splendid. Do you have a favorite way to spend time with cars in your garage right now? Wrenching on them, detailing them, restoring them, or is driving them what you really enjoy? Yes, the latter. Um, I, at the moment, don't have a classic car that I can work on. I'm, a, I'm an avid cyclist. I, I love, love bicycles, so I have, a, I have a selection of bicycles of all kinds. Um, in terms of working on a car, I quite frankly don't have the time to do that anymore. I used to, but now I just, I just, wait, I just spend time painting. Painting cars. Because of the car I have right now, it doesn't need to be worked on. I will eventually, I'd like to get back to, um, to uh, getting a car that's 90% restored, so I just have to I just go in there and fool around with it and add things and look for parts, and I do miss that. Mm-hmm. But um, it'll come back. Well, in a way, you get to work on cars all the time because you're always painting them. It's always there. You know, I really don't need to. Sometimes <laughs> I need a break from it. What fun. So, Harold, we're coming up on one of my favorite parts of our discussion. I call it the last lap. And this is where I fire off a series of questions, and you give our listeners very quick blips of the throttle answers. So, are you ready? Okay. What is the best automotive advice you've ever received? Oh, the best automotive advice that I've ever received? Uh, that's, to come up with something off the top of my head, maybe a little difficult. But ask me another one. Let me think about that. Okay, we'll come back to that one. Could you share one of your personal habits that you believe contributes to your success? A habit? Yes. Working on, 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 on canvas, just coming in and painting. That's, I don't know how else to answer that question other than what I actually do, which is painting every day, which is coming to my studio. And, you know, after walking my dog and um, doing what I have to, and, then, and also going, what I do, actually, every time I finish painting, is I, I have, there's a local bar here in Venice where all my friends go every night. I will unveil that painting to my friends, my local friends. I don't do gallery showings, not very much anyway. This is a group of people who are across the board, very few artists, but it's a very mixture, a very broad range of people. And I get the most honest criticism from that. Every, maybe every three weeks, I want, I'll unveil one there. And people get excited and come to see it. And, and it, it creates discussion, it creates uh, interest. And not like I said, they're not artists. But their opinions, I, I like the opinion of the common man, the one who doesn't paint, the one who doesn't go to art galleries. Because I'm a realist painter, I'm showing them what they've seen already, but probably never noticed. And that's where, you, if they don't see realism, then I screwed up somewhere, you know. But um, I never show it to them. I wish I lived down there near Venice so I could be there for those unveilings. That sounds oh, like it's a fun. lot of fun. It, it is, it is. Wonderful. That's one of my favorite Yeah. Do you have a resource that you could share with our listeners that you're really fond of? Maybe it's a website you enjoy going to or a supplier of some kind or restoration shop or even a person. 
If I need, I have an assistant, and uh, if I need some research doing, he does it for me. As please, can you find me a picture of this particular car? Right now, I'm working on uh, this painting that I told you that has this car underneath uh, an airplane, a couple of airplane propellers, and I wanted a Rolls Royce. So um, he found he found one that used to belong to the Arga Cam, um, and it's a uh, Rolls Royce Sedanka Deville. It's a massive car. And it was perfect for the city. So. Uh, I, uh, I use the internet quite a lot, but personally, I like to use my own reference. I go to many car shows, and, photo and I, I, I like my own my own reference, my own subject. If I have to go online, then I will, but I personally prefer my own. But that, to me, is part of my creative process, finding the image, photographing it, and, uh, and then using that. But if I have to, yeah. I was going to say, so your resource would be your camera and your eyes. That's right. Wonderful. Is there a book that you've recently read that you could share with our listeners that you really enjoyed? Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> because, because I don't read books. Okay. <laughs> I'm embarrassed to say it. I'm, I, I read magazines, Road and Track, Motors, and all of those. But I, again, it's time. I don't have time. I, I have a full life and a full day. Yep. Um, You're too busy having fun painting. I, I, I'm, if I'm not painting, I'm hanging out with my friends in the local bar and enjoying their company away from what I'm doing. And uh, and then I, I have a couple of cocktails, come home, pass out, and wake up and do the whole thing all over again. <laughs> what kind of life? Oh. <laughs> you are one, you're one fun guy. <laughs> That's my life. Okay, well, I'm going to go back to that first question. I hope you have thought oh, yeah. a little bit. The best automotive advice you've ever received? What do you mean automotive advice? Well, an example would be buy low, sell high, or buy the car you're really passionate about. Or one person said, if the top goes down, the price goes up. <laughs> Is there something you can think about automobiles that uh, somebody maybe gave you advice on one day that you always, maybe for you it would be paint what you love, paint what you love that you've seen. This is not really, it may be, in, in the, but I was once asked on an interview on TV, if I was a car, oh. what would I do? Which I thought was an interesting question. I like and that. And that gave me, I know, and I couldn't come up with one car because, um, but I came up with a combination of two. I said, I think I would probably be, uh, being English, a Morgan, but it would have to have 59 Cadillac tail fins on the back of it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> because... because a horrific thought, but that explains who I am. I'm rather flamboyant, which I'm uh, very proud of, and uh, I've, I'm, very, I'm very British, which I'm also very proud of. I love the good taste of the English. I love the bad taste of the American. Um, my place is extremely eclectic where I live, so that's the car. That's that, that was my answer. Which the man would come in and say, "Are you mad? What? You're going to be a what?" <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, you know what? I love that answer because you live in you live in Venice and if anyone's ever been to Venice, you would understand that if you saw Morgan with tail fins drive by, you'd probably go, "All right, that works." <laughs> maybe I'll design one myself. Yeah, or maybe maybe you could paint one. I go to the uh, uh George Barris um classic car show every year. It was recently here in Culver City. You know who George Barris is? Oh yeah, the cars to the stars. Yep. Uh-huh. Oh, really? He has well. That attracts the uh, Latino community and, and what they do to their cars: the low riders, the pinstriping, the gold 
It is the absolute opposite of Pebble Beach, of course. Yes. Pebble Beach is the good taste. George Barish is extremely bad taste, but I love both of them because the work that these Latino you know, put into it is beautifully done. The detail and the, and the professionalism is amazing. It, it may be gold lame with changed steering wheels, but it's still beautifully done, and I have great respect for that. Yeah. So I like both the extremes. Oh, that's wonderful. I love that. Yeah. All right, Harold. Well, we're up to the last part of our interview here. I like to call this the okay. checkered flag. We could come up with an interesting answer from you, I think, after having talked about your Finned Morgan. So, Harold, <laughs> so Harold, this last question can sometimes be what I call a real doozy. If you could have only one collector car in your garage, something that something you couldn't sell to buy other cars with and money is no object, what would that car be and more importantly, why? Mm. Um, it, I would have to say the Bugatti Atlantique. And why? Because it is a work of art. It's a piece of sculpture. It's not just a car. It is, it's a piece of fine art. And that is what I achieve, or hopefully achieve to do, is produce fine art. For me to look at the Atlantique on a daily basis in a garage would just, uh, I would die and go to heaven. <laughs> For me, that's the most beautiful creature in the world. Yes, it is a Gorgeous car, and anybody who's ever had a chance to see one in person will oh, understand. God, I, like it. I cannot get over that car every time I look at it. It's remarkable. Wonderful. Well, that's great. Well, Harold, you've taken us on a great ride today, and I've really sure. enjoyed talking with you. What fun this has been. Thank you for sharing your journey with me and the listeners. And please give us one parting piece of guidance before you drive off into the sunset in that Bugatti. And let yeah, our li- and let our listeners know what is the best way that they can learn more about you and your artwork, and perhaps find you on the web. And then we'll say goodbye. Okay, um, my website is cleworthart.com. C L E W O R T H A R T dot com. There you will find uh, many examples of not only cars I've done, but steam trains. Uh, airplanes, landscapes, cityscapes. And also, look for my book when it comes out. Clear up an awful life. We'll look forward to that, absolutely. And one parting piece of guidance that you might give our listeners? Do what you love. Do what you love. That's pretty simple and pretty direct, and it's obvious you do what you love. I do. Wonderful. Listeners, you can find everything we've talked about today here on com slash Harold Cleworth. Just go to the search bar, type in Harold, and you'll find everything on Harold's show note page. Harold, I want to thank you for being so generous with your time and your expertise and sharing your experience with our listeners. I've had such a fun time, and I can't wait to see you down at Pebble Beach this summer. Oh, I look forward to meeting you. I'm going to find you, and I'm going to get one of those books and add it to my library. So until we get to talk again, we'll see you down the road. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.